Hello, hello, and welcome to The Art of Being You with me, Rachel Wortman. You guys, this podcast is all about learning to be who God created you to be, embracing that person, and ultimately living your best life with Jesus. We've got a lot of great content today, so let's get to it in The Art of Being You. Lordy, today we are talking about pressure. If you have listened to this podcast from the beginning, you know we started this podcast, episode one, talking about how there is no pressure. And that was all about the bad pressure. But today we're talking about the good pressure. Are there good pressures? Yep. Listen and find out what they are. In episode one, I talked to you guys about this encounter that I had with the Lord where he was talking to me about letting go of the pressure I was putting on myself, essentially letting go of the pressure to arrive somewhere and to be someone and, you know, achieve things. And that has been so amazing for me personally on a very vulnerable note to embrace what God was doing in that in myself. But all along, I've known that there are other pressures in this life that are good. One of my favorite quotes that I had posted on Instagram years ago that I still think about from time to time is this random quote I saw on Pinterest that says, the pressure is good for you. The pressure is good for you. Not the bad ones, but the good ones. So I thought we would start by diving into how do you tell the difference? Pressure that's not good for you, and I'm talking about when you feel pressured, right? When you feel sort of whether it's from society as a whole or from a certain person or an individual or, you know, an organization or whatnot. But these are pressures that are not good for you. One would be the pressure to perform, meaning that you've got to do this, you got to make this happen or else kind of thinking. The second one would be the pressure to achieve or succeed, like to hit a certain goal, right? For me, this happens where I feel like I need to be achieving something more with what I'm doing in my life. And it can feel absolutely overwhelming to look at other people who are achieving things. And really, you know, in some ways we're very similar, but yet for some reason for me, I'm not achieving those same things. That's called comparison. It's also bad, but there's a pressure to that, right? And there's this pressure to feel like I should be far further along than I am, or I should be succeeding at different things that I'm doing. And it can be incredibly discouraging to buy into that pressure. The third category is the pressure to act a certain way. Now, this is very true for different cultures, especially like church culture or, you know, maybe your work culture. And if it's a good thing, it's a good thing. But in general, the pressure to act a certain way is really like it's sort of like the subliminal message that we don't really like who you are. Um, and so since we don't like who you are, then, you know, be someone different. It's like, okay, well, why can't you just like who I am? Fourth type of pressure is the pressure to arrive somewhere. I mentioned this a second ago with the pressure to succeed, but it's this idea of like, wow, the clock is ticking. I should be there already. Ah, right. And it gets so frustrating. But there are pressures that are good for us, and let's talk about those for a second. One of the things that God does, and I don't like it. Can I just go on record as saying, I don't like this, but it just is. When God applies pressure to us, and it's the pressure to expose, the pressure to expose, and typically when that's happening, it does not feel good. Now, conviction and condemnation are not the same thing. Conviction always feels hopeful. When the Holy Spirit is convicting you to something, it's like it's like you are very aware of what you're doing wrong, but you also are very aware that you are empowered to not do that anymore and that essentially like 
you know, with little effort is kind of how it feels with little effort. You can grow out of whatever you're experiencing, whatever you're doing that's destructive for yourself. Condemnation feels like you're the scum of the earth. It feels like you can never get it right. It feels like no matter how hard you try, there is no hope you'll never arrive or achieve or break through whatever it is that you're struggling with. So when it's conviction, that's good. Condemnation is gone. There is none of that in Jesus anymore, according to Romans. But so God puts pressure on us to expose us. And one of the ways he does that is to genuinely expose what's in your heart and to make you aware of what's in your heart. It does not feel good, but it is good. That's the kind of pressure when I read that Instagram quote that I'm like, yeah, this is good for me because, you know, we're all really all too good at denying and sort of ignoring some of our main issues, right? We all wear blinders to some degree. And so God will come at different times to expose to us what's really going on inside of our heart so that we can cooperate with him better. My pastor years ago used to call it the joy tube. He would, he would liken it to when God puts you kind of like into a tube of toothpaste, right? Proverbially speaking, of course. And then he squeezes you and he squeezes you so that what comes out becomes evident. And listen, a lot of people have a hard time with the idea that God tests his people. I don't know why, but he does. I don't know why people have a hard time with this, but the Lord does test us. He does not test us to grade us so that we can get like more of his favor or love. That's all religious thinking. That's all performance mentality. What do I mean by that? I mean, the love of God is constant towards you. His presence is constant towards you. His favor is something that can grow as we, even Jesus grew in the favor of the Lord, but we're not working through our life trying to gain God's approval of who we are. We already have it. And so when we talk about the pressure or the tests that God puts in our life, he genuinely does do that. But the reasoning is not so that we can be graded by him or be loved more by him. It's so that we can be more aware of ourselves. It's in all honesty, so that we can take a look at what's going on inside of our heart, our hearts. So I think I mentioned this to you guys before, but I tell preachers all the time when people ask me, thoughts about how I craft messages and stuff like that. I tell them, listen, when you are preaching something, you better believe you are going to be tested on the thing that you're preaching because God does not want you to be a liar. You know, he wants you to understand what you're talking about. So when you're preaching about something, even if it's something, you know, all too well, you should expect some sort of test along those lines. In other words, if I'm preaching on patience, I should expect in my life some difficulty where I have to practice the things I just told my church to do. If I'm teaching on spiritual warfare, I should expect to have to be praying and warring over certain things just because it's just the way that it works. God tests us and he applies pressure to us. And the goal is to expose what's really in our heart. I can tell you one of the best things in life is when you are tested by the Lord or when the pressure comes on and what's exposed is actually good. So don't think that it's always going to be bad. I heard a pastor say it once that when we go through life, we go through different steps of the same process. And step one is the pressure that exposes what God wants to work on. And once it's exposed and brought into the light, then God works on it, right? We cooperate with him. We journey through renewing our mind. We grow in the revelation that he's been giving to us, the thing he's been teaching us about. And then we should expect another test to see if we learned what he was teaching us. That's the second pressure or the second test that's really designed to show you that you're doing it. It's designed to show you where you've been growing. It's actually a really beautiful thing. 
So he pressures us to expose us. He pressures us is probably totally the wrong way to say that, but he puts pressure on us and in that pressure, it exposes us. There is pressure to test, which we just talked about as well. And then there's pressure from God to make changes. Have you ever been in a setting where the Lord's like prompting you to do something and you're dragging your feet? And then all of a sudden around you, people start to change. They, it's like somehow they know what God told you, even though you haven't said it to anybody. Maybe your job all of a sudden fires you or invites you to find new employment all the while you've been really feeling like God was saying for the last three months, you're supposed to find new employment, right? That can feel like tremendous amount of pressure. And it's the pressure to support you in the change that you are supposed to be making. And the last way that God puts pressure, I'm sure there's others than these, but the ones we're going to talk about today, it's the pressure to form you. You know, in Genesis, when God took the dirt and he made man, he actually applied pressure with his hands, essentially. He applied pressure to the dirt to form it into creation. Did you know that a lot of the things that God is doing to form into you right now, it actually feels like pressure. It actually feels like resistance. And it's because it is. It's just one of the ways that God works. I know for me, I've had to learn how to discern between the pressure that I'm feeling. Is it external? Is it like warfare? Is it just that I'm at odds with the people that are around me? Or is it internal? Is it anxiety? Is it fear? Is it something that I'm like, you know, in myself needing to deal with that I'm needing to grow internally? Or is it from the Lord? And when it's from the Lord, there's not much you can do about it except surrender to his ways and let him do what he's doing. And that requires such a deep level of trust in who God is and how he's leading you. But listen, friends, God leads us so well. I remember Psalm 23 having this revelation about this. So I've talked about my burnout quite a bit in bits and pieces, but when I hit a real place of burnout, and I don't use that word lightly, I mean like in all honesty, I had a legitimate burnout in um, 2011, 2012. And I went to this counselor and I've shared some of this before, but I was sitting with this counselor and I was talking to him about what I was dealing with and just how I was feeling and whatnot. And he said, come sit with me over on this couch. And so I moved over to the couch he was on. My husband was in a chair across the room. And this man, amazing, wonderful man, had a waist length gray braid. He was wearing cargo shorts and Birkenstocks. And he just really um, was a sight to behold. And I have so much affection for this man, but it was my first encounter with him. And I was trying not to judge and I wasn't doing a very good job of it. And so he put his arm around me, very fatherly figure. He put his arm around me. And he said, let's just breathe together for a moment. And so, and I had been crying very hard. And so we just took some deep breaths. And then he said, just ever so gently, he said to me, he makes me lie down in green pastures. And he paused. And then he looked at me and he said, why do you think it says he makes me lie down? Oh, man. In the moment that he said that, it was like these three pictures flashed through my mind. And the first one, or maybe there were two, in the first one, I was in a cave and the Lord himself had rolled a stone across the mouth of the cave and I was beating against this rock with everything inside of me. My hands, sorry for the imagery, my hands were like bloody from trying to get through this rock and I collapsed on a ball on the ground realizing I could not get this rock to move because it was Jesus standing on the other side of it holding it across the cave. 
And the next picture that happened almost simultaneously, they were so close together, was me lying on this piece of grass. It was this beautiful, beautiful garden. And I was lying on the ground and the hand of God was over me. His hand was even bigger than my whole self, right? And he had me pinned to the grass and I was kicking and screaming and I wanted out of this beautiful, serene setting. I wanted out of it so badly. And the Lord was forcing me to lie down in this grass. And in those moments, I began to weep again. And I realized that God had put me in a season of rest, but I was refusing to yield to him. And because I was not yielding to him, all of this pressure had come on me to perform, to achieve, to act a certain way, to try to get somewhere with my life. And I was outside of the bounds of what God was doing with me. And the Lord loved me so much, he would not let me leave that green pasture until I had rested in the way that he wanted me to rest. And over the course of that weekend, you know, at this counseling retreat, I repaired a lot of stuff in my heart, or really I got the tools to begin repairing it. It was a several year process for me. But one of the things that the Lord would take me back to when I would spend time with him is he would remind me of this image of me lying in this grassy field. And eventually the image became me in the field, no longer with his hand forcing me to be there. And as I adjusted to this season of rest, the Lord was having me in, I began to love it. I began to love it. And I remember asking the Lord, how long do I have to stay in this field? This was before I began to love it. And he said to me, you're going to be in it until you have to leave kicking and screaming. He said, you're going to be in this rest stage until you don't want to go so badly that I will have to like essentially forcibly remove you. Now, this is a metaphor, of course. But it was several years, several years later that the Lord allowed me to move out of that season and into a different season. And what had changed in me was so dynamic because I learned a side of God I'd never experienced before. This is what the pressure to expose is designed to do. It's designed to show us something of God that we cannot experience if we weren't where you are right now. Catch this, please. This is for you, directly for your heart. What God is doing in you right now, it's good. It's for your good. Even if it's so counterintuitive to what you think you're supposed to do with your life, even if it feels hopeless to you because your dreams are so different than what he has your hand to right now, let him do what he's doing because as Psalm 23 tells us, he is the good shepherd and he does lead us really, really well. So as God leads us, he sometimes leads us with pressure. He sometimes leads us with testing. He always leads us with love and it's always for our good. So listen, friend, today, I just want to tell you the pressure that you're feeling, it might just be good for you. Let go of the negative pressures. Don't buy into the pressure of the world or trying to be somebody or, you know, that you'll never have success if you don't have a social media following or X, Y, Z. The greatest success you'll ever have is by doing exactly what God has asked you to do and letting him take care of the rest. I want to share one other thing for you in this same season of the the imagery of me being in this field. I was having a conversation with the Lord about how much I really enjoyed preaching and communicating. And I was telling the Lord, you know, man, it would be amazing to preach in these different settings. And I was just imagining myself doing that. And the Lord said to me, Rachel, you might have one opportunity in your life to preach to a crowd of like, you know, a big crowd, like 10,000 people or something like that. And he said, and in that crowd of 10,000, there might be a third of them that are checked out, 
going to the bathroom, doing different stuff, walking around the hallway. There might be another handful of people, large handful of people who are just not interested in what you have to say. So even though you might be in this big crowd, the odds that everybody are listening to you are very low. And I thought, well, you know what, Lord, that's true. And then he said this to me. He said, if you will be faithful to love the one person that's in front of you, every person I bring your way, by the end of your life, you will have had a captive audience of more than people you could speak to in a stadium. He said, if you will give yourself to the one person in front of you, the same way you would give yourself to, you know, your dream scenario, you'll actually end up impacting more people. Why? Well, that's discipleship, right? That's the kingdom. That's what Jesus did in investing himself in the 12. And what I realized in that was that the pressure that I was feeling to achieve something I could see externally was so different than the pressure that God was putting in me to do the things that he had called me to and to do them faithfully and to trust him with the outcome. Here I am so many years later, and I have opportunities to speak to people more than I thought was possible. I'm not into like a stadium place, but I'm able to do something on a larger scale than I could envision even then. And it's just amazing how if we give ourselves to what the Lord is wanting to do, we allow him to apply pressure to expose the stuff that needs to change. We give ourselves to that journey that God is leading us well. He is taking care of you and he will take you into amazing places for your life. So again, maybe the pressure you're feeling right now is actually good for you. If it's not, let it go and embrace what God is actually doing. That's all I've got for you today. I hope you're having a fantastic week. I'm thinking about you. I'm praying for you. And until next time, be blessed. So you've just listened to The Art of Being You with Rachel Wortman. I hope you enjoyed this episode of my podcast. And listen, it would mean the world to me if you would subscribe and rate or review this podcast on wherever you're listening from. Also, share it with a friend. Help me get the word out. Until next time, be blessed.